Hi, I'm Jamie. And I'm Stacey. And this is the Body Smart Podcast. And today we are asking, should you be afraid of sugar? I don't know. Should you? There's a plate of sugar in front of us. <laughs> there it is. So I went and got um, 17 teaspoons full of sugar from mm. the kitchen because that is the average intake of added sugar added sugar yeah so i was getting into this like that's not like sugar and fruit or food no it's the added sugar like what you've got in your coffee yeah or well, it could be added into your food if you're eating processed food mm -hmm. but it's not like the sugar that's in your potatoes or you like a banana yeah yeah um but yeah that's the average daily intake of the average person in the u.s of added sugar which if you are not on youtube right now you're <laughs> listening to us solely through your ears not through your eyes it's about half a mugful when I put it into a mug. So it's quite a lot of sugar. Of just pure sugar, yeah. Yeah. How um how much do you think you have? Uh I, it's a hard one because I don't really eat that much processed food, but I do have things like sauces and stuff maybe on my dinner. Yeah. So probably a, a couple of teaspoons a day. Mm -hmm. I have uh, one sugar in my coffee. It's one thing I've I've not yet to give up. I just don't know if I'm gonna give up. Mike, that's like my little bit of joy well i mean coffee. do you need to that's again something we're gonna yeah, ask yeah. for this podcast because like yeah. is sugar actually the devil mm -hmm. and i've literally eaten ice cream every day for the past couple of months so you know it's oh yeah there's definitely sugar in that, <laughs> definitely sugar in that. <laughs> yeah um but so the actual recommended intake is for women about a third of that it's only mm -hmm. six teaspoons so i mean yeah is that six or is that seven? My maths isn't really working today. That's six. Yeah, that's six. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, we thought we'd talk about sugar because it is October mm -hmm. and it is going to be coming into the season where there's going to be sugar everywhere. Yeah. Um, and it is a question that our clients ask us a lot, like how on earth do I handle all of this temptation? Um, and also some other bits around sugar that we just wanted to cover off because it has been made into like this big, scary devil in the mm -hmm. media in recent years. Um, so we just wanted to dig into like, why is that? Where's it even come from? And there's a couple of big celebrity kind of doctors and just, well, celebrities in general that have jumped on this bandwagon. Um, so a big one is Tim Spector. Mm -hmm. He's written a couple of books on this. Um, another one's Dr. Robert Lustig, who's a big advocate for giving up sugar. Um, and when it comes from doctors, like celebrity doctors, they've got that professional title next to them. When they're saying this stuff, it makes sense that, other people hear it and say, well, that must be true. Yeah. So well, where does it come from, this whole concept that it's really bad for you? I mean, it's a lot of, I guess it gets claimed as like empty calories, which isn't the case. Like an empty calorie would normally be something like alcohol where you don't really get any nutritional benefits from it. You are still getting carbohydrates and energy from sugar. It's just the sheer amount of like added sugar that is put into absolutely everything. Um, I think I was in last vegas last year and uh, i was having breakfast and the bread i had tasted sweet mm. and i was like is there sugar in this bread <laughs> and and there literally was like added sugar in the bread which i don't really think is a thing in the uk um i don't know if anyone's ever had well, sugar. you do put sugar in to make the yeast mm -hmm. like when you make your own bread yeah but it's not sweet yeah it was like it was sweet and i was like so I think where it's where it's starting to get demonized in a lot of ways is, is just the sheer amount of added sugar that is in everything, like in, and especially in Western diets. So it's quickly become instead of people having, you know, more whole foods and not that much sugar to, fa to the fact that like some people will have in their breakfast 
you know, if you took like the milk and the sugar, uh, the sugar in the milk, and then the, what's how much sugar is in the actual cereal, and then people add sugar on top or have something like honey. And again, it's not not to say that honey or cereal or milk is bad for you, but it's the volume. You know, you can have like fifty grams of sugar in yeah. your breakfast, and then if you're having your coffee with your two sugars as well mm-hmm. next to it, yeah, yeah, it definitely easily adds up. Um, and it's not something that's new. You know, there's been this whole like sugar causes inflammation, all of that mm-hmm. stuff going on. I remember um, back when I was trying to fix fix my relationship with food that's what you call it yeah i had a had a diet book i quit sugar like Mm -hmm. everything in there was like sugar free but it still had like rice syrup you know you can't be completely sugar free or you could but if you're gonna just eat vegetables and chicken (laughs) which we all know we're not fans of no we're definitely not fans of yeah (laughs) it's it's really hard to avoid like you know the sugar is in pretty much everything nowadays i think it's just like limiting the the sheer volume of sugar that you you can have so you know i would never drink not anymore like i'd never drink like coke you know or or soda that has like 50 grams of sugar or a can of monster i think we've actually got some in the office because we ordered them for the team trip and we ordered the sugar-free ones and a bunch come that went and i'm like i can't i can't not even for my teeth you know like 50 50 grams of sugar in a in a 750 mil can it's like i what what I get with that as well is like those drinks have also been designed so you don't vomit off that amount of sugar. No, no, <laughs> yeah. this, like the, whatever chemicals they've put in there. Like if you were to get that amount of sugar and put it in a 750 mil glass with water and try to drink it, you would be sick. So it's just like, again, it's food is made by design. Drinks are made by design to incorporate these foods to make them more addictive, make the palate of the food tastier, nicer, making you go back for more. But yeah, is it the best for our health? no but like in moderation it's fine yeah it's not something that you actually need to be terrified of you don't need to cut every single gram of sugar out of your life Mm -hmm. and i think that's a really important point to make that like sugar is a carbohydrate and it's in every healthy form Mm -hmm. of carbohydrate like there's many different types of sugars there's sugars going to be in your potatoes your tomatoes even your garlic has got sugar in it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, oh my God, what was one of the vegetables I had? The other, is it peas? peas oh yeah, peas have got a lot of sugar yeah, in. And I was yeah. just like, I was a bit shocked by that. You just, because I think you look at anything green and think, that hasn't got sugar in. And I was like, oh yeah, peas yeah. have got quite a lot of sugar. But then if you flip that mindset around, and be like, hey, if peas have got sugar in, maybe sugar isn't that bad. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's one of the main takeaways for anybody who's listening. Even if you don't listen to the whole episode, please don't feel like sugar is something that you should cut completely out of your diet. Um, and it's really important to understand the difference between like whole foods and natural sugars mm-hmm. and then added sugars. And I wanted to talk a little bit about artificial sugars or artificial sweeteners as well, yeah. because I feel like that's something that people get a bit torn about. Like they aren't sure whether they should have them or whether they shouldn't have them. If they're going to cut out sugar, does that mean they have to cut out everything sweet? Mm-hmm. Um, I know you've got some strong opinions on this. Yeah. I mean, with with the sweetness side of things, there's there's so much data and research now that shows that you know, aspartame, I think is like one of the most studied uh, chemicals and sweeteners that, that, that there is. And there's just so much to back up that like in moderation, it is, you know, completely fine. It's, I think you'd have to drink something like 17, I mean, Sai, come on, you can pull this up for us. It's like, oh, it's like 17 cans a day for like months, you know, to, to see some sort of, of like negative, a diet coke or something. Of like a diet coke or something to see like a negative effect. And it's like, most people aren't drinking more than a couple of cans and that's that's not moderation either a couple moderation for me would be like a couple of cans a week you know that would be moderation and your body can tolerate that it's just the amount when you start tipping over and that's not just with aspartame that's with anything you know if you have too much 
caffeine in one day if you drink too much water you can kill yourself <laughs> like people literally can drown after drinking too much water so the danger is always in the dosage and, and how much that you have um but yeah i do i am a little bit concerned sometimes with the sweetness side of things because i think some people don't realize then just how much sweeteners are in food so you might have your protein powder has got sweetener in um your diet coke has got sweetener in your coffee's got sweetener in certain foods have got sweetener in them. and then if you actually add it up it's like okay maybe you're actually having like 10 11 12 amounts of yeah because size just got that up and it says 9 to 14 cans a day to exceed the acceptable daily intake but actually like you're saying nine cans worth across all of your dif different foods mm -hmm. maybe isn't that crazy yeah because if I, I look at my protein powder and that's got artificial sweetener in it and then if i were to look at some other foods that you're like oh that's very sweet like most protein bars as well and if you went like hmm is it unreasonable to think that somebody's having you know a bunch of different sweetened foods and drinks and is that actually having a high dosage um, and again that's always just where it comes down to just moderation and making sure that yeah. you're having not that much processed food you know you know no more we always try and aim for that 80 20 like the majority of your diet coming from whole foods the minority coming from the more processed stuff and, and stuff like that yeah because then that does mean only 20 percent of your food is gonna have those potential artificial sweeteners or added sugars in it mm -hmm. and actually if you don't suddenly vilify every sugar if you say, do you know what? I'm going to have 20% of things that I enjoy. And some of that, maybe 10% is going to have like real sugar in it. Mm -hmm. That's also not the end of the world. Because if we look at those six cubes of sugar, that's actually quite a lot. It is, yeah. But you'd be, you'd be shocked, shocked how, like anytime I've uh, I've put anyone on like sort of like a, and they've been like wanted to be really specific around, you know, controlling their calories. Two of the things I've got them to like focus on is, or three would be protein and then fiber and then sugar. And if you actually try and get someone to just be like, hey, just actually focus on your protein, fiber, and sugar, like people actually can struggle to hit their calories because like they'll, you know, they'll go and buy like a pre-made porridge you know, that you just pour water in or mm -hmm. something. And like, oh, that's got 20 grams of sugar in it. And it's like, yeah. So you end up using normal oats, which has got next to no sugar in it. And it's just like you end up, you end up forced to make smarter food choices just by the fact that you're trying to reduce the amount of sugar that you're having in your day-to-day -day diet and get more fiber and protein. Yeah, it's a really good strategy actually to help people realize as well where those sugars are mm -hmm. because like we've talked about, sugar is in everything, but if you're not feeling satisfied from your food, maybe it's because more of your foods have got high sugar content, even natural sugars. Yeah. And then that makes it hard for you to feel satisfied, get enough of the other things into your diet. And it's something that a lot of our clients actually ask. I've had many, many clients say mm -hmm. like, what, how much sugar should I eat a day? Because we've got this added sugar goal that's like very publicly available. Um, and that one that I said earlier, six teaspoons, that's the American Heart Association's recommendations for a woman. Um, but that's only added sugar. And so when there isn't like a publicized recommendation, some personality types, me included, yeah. freak out <laughs> because I'm like, yeah, but, but how much total sugar? Because my fitness pal gives me a sugar amount, not an added sugar amount. Yeah. So we generally give people a bit of a guideline, don't we? Yeah, we try to give people like a guideline and, and work with them because uh, it, it's always just social media with the amount of misinformation, like the amount of people that demonize fruit online now. Oh, like, yeah is wild as if like fruits like the thing that's making people like you know completely obese which is is not the case again moderation uh, but like fruit can have a lot of sugar in it especially something like grapes i can feel like you can grapes can be one of those things that you can keep eating and keep eating and keep eating especially if you buy a tub so it's just about you know like your, your natural sugars i'm never too worried about because i like we've spoke about this on the podcast before i don't really ever see people like slamming back three apples 
You know what I mean? It's, <laughs> it's, you know, it's, you just kind of have one. So it's it's a, often a much better snack choice. But um, then your example of grapes there, it is very easy to eat a whole yeah. pot of grapes. And yeah. like, Sai, how much sugar is in a pot of grapes? It's probably a lot. Yeah. What were those grapes that you oh, bought? Oh, I bought some can- like candy floss candy grapes. Candy floss grapes. I oh my goodness. Them. They were so good. <laughs> they were like sweets, weren't they? They were like sweets, yeah. Yeah, they were yeah. definitely high in sugar. But like certain things you can swap out. Like if you can, you can eat like a full packet of raspberries or blueberries or strawberries. And again, you know, you can eat the whole pack, very little calories. Yes, there's sugar in it, but it's, it's fine. It's full of fiber as well. And what have we got? Okay, so 16 grams uh, of I sugar and 100 mm-hmm. grams of grapes. But I think a punnet of grapes is like 300 probably. So, I mean, it's it's a lot if you were to eat the whole punnet. And I have definitely done that. Yeah. And what's that? Like 50 grams of sugar? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And you're not satisfied for hours after eating that. No, you're not. So it, again, it's, it's, it's always moderation and being aware of that. Like, yes, you can eat these foods and yes, you can have a little bit of added sugar, but it's, it's moderating the amount in terms of, I used to always go for like a, no more than a third of your carbohydrates. Ideally more of your quarter of a quarter shouldn't be coming from what we got. You get it? 500 grams? Oh, crap. That's a lot of sugar. <laughs> <laughs> what would that be? 32, 64. Oh, my God. My math is terrible. 82 grams of sugar. Wow. A, yeah. That's a lot. Mm. Um, But, yeah, I would normally go for a rule of thumb. And, and again, it varies depending on people's macros. Yeah. But just to make it easy, like, so let's say you're having, you know, 150 grams of carbohydrates. I'd be like, no more than a third needs to come. Ideally, even a quarter coming from yeah. sugar. Which, if um, you ate those grapes, you would have bust that easy. Yeah, yeah. and that's just like from one food. So, you know, yeah. having those little, again, just little food rules, it, it doesn't, and I mean, this is what we always lean into. It is a little bit of a food rule, but it's also like a little bit of a guide. It's like, like if you go over one day, it's like not the end of the world. Yeah. Like if you go over a couple of days, again, it's not the end of the world. But if you're consistently going over, that's when you should pay a little bit more attention to what you're consuming. Yeah. I mean, it can allow you to make more mindful decisions. And it's not really a food rule as such. It's like a food awareness. Yeah, it's that's like better. If you know that you're aiming for this amount and then you eat those punted grapes, you go, oh my goodness, that really busts my sugar. Mm-hmm. You learn from that and you don't do it again. Yeah. That's what the purpose of it is, not to be like, oh my goodness, there's this hard rule that I should never break and I've broken it so I'm bad. Uh, exactly. Like if I eat like a McDonald's for breakfast, which is very rare, we had the last time that actually happened about two months ago because we went to charge the electric car and, <laughs> and uh. we didn't have any vanilla. So we were like, oh, there's a McDonald's there. We haven't had a McDonald's breakfast for ages. And then I'm like hungry like two hours later and I'm like, well, no shit. Like you just had a McDonald's. Like I'm not surprised. You know what I mean? It's not the, the best way to spend the calories. I'm not going to beat myself up about it. It's just you have the awareness and can make more informed decisions. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to actually looking at where the sugars come from, we've talked about fruit, which is not a demon. Mm-hmm. And you've mentioned monster. And something that I thought was really interesting was 47% of added sugars are in drinks. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So actually, if you want to find a quick win, it's probably not even what you're eating. Yeah, I, I, I think liquid calories are probably one of the easiest things, especially if you're trying to lose weight. Removing liquid calories from your diet is probably one of the easiest ways of going about it. Um, I don't think people just realize just how many calories can be in coffee. And, you know, like, especially like lattes and cappuccinos. And especially if you're adding syrups. Oh, because it's coming into, or it is, like, spiced pumpkin latte season. Yeah. I had one of them the other day. I was wildly disappointed. Have you heard the um, latest Costa advert? It's like... Yeah, everyone's been going on about spiced latte. What are they, what are they even called? Pumpkin spice latte. Okay, yeah. yeah. And and then in the advert, she's like, let's face it, no one actually likes them. It's just for the Insta. And then yeah. they brought out this new one called maple hazelnut, which does sound delicious. That sounds a lot nicer, yeah. But probably just as calorific and sugary. Oh, yeah. Like literally when they went, they were like, do you want cream on top? And I was like, 
it's like that's you just, you just know <laughs> that's gonna be like 400 calories in a drink um, yeah but yeah like cutting and again like i would love a latte so if i was still wanting to lose weight i'd probably still have a latte but would i have if i had two or three coffees that day make all three of them from lattes no because that's going to be a a quick way of one bumping up your sugar super high but then two just adding a lot of extra liquid calories which aren't satiating um so again you just got to kind of pick like if if you really enjoy that one cup of coffee and it's worth the calories for you that's fine because diet adherence is super important you want to be able to enjoy parts of your of your diet but i think just cutting back some of the coffees um the worst the worst culprits have got to be smoothies oh yeah because they're dressed up as being healthy yeah and they just couldn't be further from the truth so like what yeah. we were just saying about the apple before yeah yeah you know you'll get like a naked juice come on sorry we've got you again haven't you uh and it's just like it'll say like this has got seven and apples in it it's like well no one's eating seven apples but it's got seven apples but it forgets this ad like it's got seven apples of sugar but it was no fiber and no fiber and it will say on the bottle no added sugar and it's like yeah because it's a freaking shitload of compressed sugar in the in the drink so those are probably some of the worst culprits um and then obviously your sodas which i yeah. think everyone knows you know people... everyone's definitely smartened up to the sodas and i think a big part of it in the uk is the sugar tax that was introduced in 2018 um yeah when, so, I, when I tell americans about this they're like what you have a tax oh like... yeah so we should probably explain <laughs> so as like a public health good kind mm -hmm. of intervention um there was a sugar tax it wasn't been lobbied for quite a long time by jamie oliver who's a very yeah. famous chef over here um you know, you know do you remember when that happened though do you remember like that out like people hated him yes for it and i was like he literally has done such a like good thing for the whole country and people were like how dare you not let me have 50 grams of sugar in my luxate you know <laughs> what i mean people were like like why is my luxate only got 30 grams of sugar in now and it was like it was wild and just... now actually nobody would probably tell if because the artificial sweeteners have got so much better at replicating the mm -hmm. taste and all of the companies have kind of gone along with reformulation rather yeah. than getting rid of their drinks right mm -hmm. why would they do that um and so i found this really cool stat which is more than forty-five thousand tons of sugar has been removed from drinks in the uk since wow. that was introduced yeah which is mega yeah it's a it's a it's a hell of a lot isn't it and it's yeah I mean, it's on the rise in this country, so things like type 2 diabetes, but it's it's huge in the States. You know, the amount of clients that we mm -hmm. speak to are that are regularly on insulin. Probably one of the saddest things that um, I heard about this was like the amount of dogs in America that are on insulin. Um, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you, you think about it, it's like you're overweight. Is, you, is it likely that your dog is also overweight and you're overfeeding your dog and then your dog ends up yeah. needing to be on insulin as well? Yeah, there's a lot of dogs that are overweight and on Aww. insulin. Yeah, it's, it's it's bad. But I remember, um, Sai, you were telling me that I think it's something like over 50% of the US population is pre-diabetic without knowing. Is it something like that? No. Yeah, okay. Yeah, let's get the, let's get the, real, let's get the real stats here. We're <laughs> um, making the most of Sai today. We are making the most of Sai today. <laughs> But you know you want to get the the stats right. But I think that I think that is obviously there's definitely a connection with you know more sedentary lifestyles than the increased added sugar into all these foods. I mean it's like okay, well this is like it's because there is having a big knock on effect in obesity and people gaining more weight. I mean it's like oh there's all this amount of extra added extra sugar. It's easy to vilify one thing instead mm -hmm. of actually it could be great, wouldn't it? If like it's just sugar. Yeah. And it's like it's not. There's lots of different things and obesity and the, the rise in obesity is 
extremely complex for a, you know a multitude of different reasons yeah although it is one simple thing you could change to make a big difference yeah so um oh so i've got the, the data there 38 percent of u.s adults have pre-diabetes so and, and don't know it is that 19 no that was just all estimates for the whole population i mean that's a ridiculous it's a lot it's a ridiculous percent yeah yeah um, but yeah, one thing you can do is just start to change some of your sweet snacks because we do get cravings for something sweet. And a mm. lot of it I found for me was habitual where like after dinner, we would always have pudding. Yeah. And so after dinner, I would want something sweet. Mm. So instead of having like a chocolate mousse, having a piece of fruit, like it does take adjustment. It's not the same. We're not going to yeah. pretend it yeah. is. <laughs> <laughs> but it, once you've done that for a couple of weeks, that then is your new habit. Mm -hmm. And actually you then really start to recalibrate your palate and mm. you enjoy the sweetness of fruit in a way that you didn't when you were just constantly eating processed sugars. Yeah. We, we start, we've done it for, before we went on the three months of ice cream every night. <laughs> Prior to that, we actually did try doing the fruit after dinner loads. And we had, um, what's that? Is it honey chewed melon? Oh, yum. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we were just having like a slice of that. And that was like not that many calories in it, but it was super sweet and really nice. Mm -hmm. um, and then we just changed it up. So we'd have that. Then we'd have like pineapple. Then we'd have like berries and a bit of yogurt. And again, you're getting the same thing, which you want is that. And it is a habit to have something almost like sweet after dinner. But, you know, probably a hell of a lot less of cal calories, more fiber, more more nutrients, more minerals, um, and still getting to like sort of satisfy that that sweet craving. Yeah, and talking of cravings, one of the things that I know people have talked about, and I've had a client that said this to me, I'm addicted to sugar though. Like it, I've got yeah. sugar addiction. And unfortunately, the research does not support this being like a thing. Mm. Um, but there are a lot of things that go on, like habitual patterns, and there's brain chemistry going on, and there's like the design of food going on that make it feel like you need that sugar. Yeah. I think you can get addicted to anything, frankly. Like you can pretty much get addicted to anything just because of the habitual nature of doing something. But are people addicted to sugar in the way they think like I'm addicted to cocaine or I'm addicted to heroin or, you know, like that's like people talk about it in that sense. Like I need sugar. And it's like, no, you don't. Like you just, <laughs> you just regularly overconsume the amount of sugar that you have. And that's, having an impact where you feel like you need to keep having it so it's definitely it's definitely not the same as that and i think a lot of people if they just started making some you know basic changes to their nutrition on a regular basis and started to take out the amount of added sugar into the diet over time they would find that it's not as much of a crutch as they think it is yeah i do agree but also there is um like the brain chemistry is similar to mm -hmm. those drug highs so you do get a release of dopamine which is you know, that pleasure yeah. transmitter, neurotransmitter when you eat sugar. And so we're not saying it's as addictive as cocaine, yeah. but there is that same kind of cycle of reward. Mm -hmm. um, and that reinforces the habit. So you've got the habit, but it's being strengthened by the chemistry that's behind it. Um, and so if you keep having that high, yeah. you kind of come desensitized to it. So if you only needed like, I don't know, two pieces of chocolate to get that like warm fuzzy feeling yeah and then you have that for a couple of weeks maybe you need four then maybe you need six then yeah. maybe beat the whole bar mm -hmm. and so it, it is a little bit of a slippery slope but i can see why people use that term of addiction because it must feel or i mean i've been there it does feel like i need it yeah it's, i don't know it's hard like is it an addiction then I mean, I'm not an addiction expert, so I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna say yeah, but I'm yet to meet any of the clients. And we've worked with, you know, thousands of, of women where, you know, 
we've not been able to just meet them where they're at and start to take steps to either reduce the amount of sugar in the diet, increase the amount of whole foods, and over time change their palate. And you can start to get used to having more sugar and and start to create a little bit more balance in terms of your relationship with food and your relationship mm-hmm. with sugar. So yeah, I don't think it's a an impossible problem for people to overcome. Yeah. Um, I think it's just again it's like it's breaking the habit of being you and it, and that takes that can take time and it can take a little bit of rewiring but as long as you're open to taking those steps it can 100 percent be done yeah and it's also worth saying it's probably not sugar like you said about the apples it's also not you don't sit and look at that plate of chunks of sugar and go oh I just really want to eat that <laughs> you know like nobody sits there and craves to just drink a jar of honey yeah it's just it's the processed foods that contain sugar because they've been designed that way they have yeah I, and you honestly, you do find like, and I've done this, I've done like phases where I've, I used to eat super clean. Like if you actually have like two solid weeks where you do just like cut out these foods, like your palate just completely adjusts. And if you end up having something sweet, you're like, oh my God, that's so sweet. And it does, it's like changes that you're, it changes so much. And I'm not saying that people need to go to that extreme, but I do sometimes think you have to go to, you have to, you have to go to extremes sometimes to understand what balance looks like for to you. recalibrate a yeah. little bit yeah definitely. yeah i um did the whole 30 back in the day so okay. I've, I've pretty much done all of the things yeah. <laughs> um and that is like hardcore you must have no processed anything and if you do it's for 30 days yeah and if you have one thing you have to start again 30 oh, wow. days starts again yeah yeah i didn't manage to do 30 days right <laughs> After I reset myself a few times, I was like, fuck this shit. I'm done. <laughs> um, but yeah. part of the reason for that and their their kind of, I don't know, methodology is to have that recalibration. Okay. Um, because if you do manage to go 30 whole days and then you have like something really sweet and processed, it probably isn't going to taste as great as you remember. Mm-hmm. And we've got so many stories of clients who have actually like, rebalance their diet they do have occasional sweet things yeah. but then something that they used to really crave they try it and they're like oh my god actually no that's really yeah. sickly i don't even enjoy it now mm-hmm. yeah and it's it's i think it's that's apparent with your change in relationship with food change in relationship with yourself um maybe feeling a little bit more abundant with the the diet that you're on like i think a lot of people believe like i'll eat i'll eat anything like i'll pretty much eat anything but a lot of people will look at say myself and think oh that guy doesn't eat pizza or that guy doesn't have a a pint or doesn't drink any alcohol or doesn't you know you people put you in a box because they perceive you to be the you know the pinnacle of health or whatever it is that you don't eat or act in a certain way and that just isn't the case at all you just don't do it all the time because you don't feel the need to you actually realize that eating more healthy foods and exercising and doing all these healthier habits make you feel good like they make you feel better like you're you just feel more clear in your thoughts, you feel more clear in your actions, you sleep better, you feel better. So you choose to do that the majority of the time. And also like a lot of these healthy foods, like if they're dressed up correctly, they're really, really nice. Dressed up correctly. I've got like an image of an avocado in a dinner suit. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I love it. Um, <laughs> Sorry to interrupt, just a quick ask. If you are enjoying this podcast, we do ask if you would go and hit that subscribe button because our goal is to be able to help all of you guys become body smart. And the way we can do that is by getting better guests on, more experts, and the bigger this podcast gets, the more guests we can get on here. So yeah, I think it. I think the reason that changes so much for clients is that they start to get on the other side of feeling in abundance. Like, oh, I actually can have the bar of chocolate. I'm just choosing not to. But if I want to, I know I can. Mm-hmm. And it, it's having that abundant mindset towards food 
I think it really can become super liberating because you feel like, oh, I'm choosing to have the chocolate or I'm choosing not to have the chocolate. Yeah. Uh, instead of feeling like I can't have the chocolate. And there's a very big distinction in that. Yeah. And I think as much as there's going to be a lot of people listen to this when it isn't Halloween, it yeah. is Halloween right now. Yeah. And I think that point is super important this particular time of year because there's going to be sweets and chocolates everywhere. Yeah. And you can have it. You can 100% have it. But if you choose not to, like if you become in that empowered place where you decide what's actually going to make you happy, what's actually going to fuel you, what's going to make you feel good and not have a crash in half an hour's time, yeah. that completely changes the game. Because all that box of sweets or like that bucket of chocolates in front of you has a different power over you when you're choosing. Yeah. Do you have any? So for me, I am um, like five years ago. Like Steph's family knew that I was like obsessed with Oreos and like yellow M&Ms. It wasn't obsessed. I was just like, it was a food that I liked a lot, a bit more, but it was one of them. Like once I started eating them, like I really thought <laughs> like I couldn't stop. Yeah. So then like her family bought me like 20 packs of Oreos and um, yellow M&Ms <laughs> or something for like my birthday. And it got to the point where it was actually stressing me out because I was like, <laughs> I know if I eat like one, I'm going to struggle to stop. And I did just get to the point after a while, I was like, right, I'm just getting rid of, like, I didn't get rid of them. I just went and gave them. I went to yeah. take them into the hospital to, you know, take them into work or whatever else and just give them to someone else. And I've actually found with Halloween and with some of our clients, like knowing that like these bags and bags and bags of sweets are there in the house, you know, it's like once the novelty of a couple of days of Halloween's w w worn off, like just take them into work or just yep. get rid of them because you know what? The kids probably won't notice. They'll go, where's Halloween chocolate gone or where's the sweets gone? And just like, oh, we ran out and they're like, no, you didn't. And you're just like, oh, tell a white lie. Or just, well, you can make up whatever you want. But like, then it's 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 them who aren't really struggling. It's probably more you. Yeah. Um, and that's, I know that's not always like a, some people are like, well, you should have the discipline or you should have this. And, you know, there's certain things around that, but I'm just like out of sight, out of mind. And, you know, you know how easy it is if there's those type of sweets or chocolates in after Halloween to just have one and then I turn into 10 and you're like, holy crap, I've had yeah. 1500 calories of chocolate and sweets and I feel like crap now. Definitely. And I think what you're saying about like there being so much of it, it almost becomes a bit like overwhelming that need to like get through them. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then you're like, well, I'll just have to have like a little bit every day and then it will spread it out and it won't be as bad and then they'll be <laughs> gone. But you could just get rid of them. Yeah. Because I definitely have that. If I've got something in the house, I think, well, if I just eat like a little bit every day, that will spread it out. But actually, if they weren't there. I wouldn't miss them. No. I wouldn't be like, oh, no, I'm not having my five Oreos today. Yeah. So it is 100% a mental game, yeah. like getting into the mindset of don't have to throw them away because I know a lot of people struggle with that concept of wasting food, yeah. but like finding somewhere. My husband's work is great for this. Yeah. I can give anything, like even opened packets of stuff. They're not fussy. They'll take anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, if you haven't already got an outlet like that, then even, you know, like you said, take it down the hospital, the old people's home. Or yeah, whatever. there's loads of places that you can you can take it if you don't want to throw away. But yeah. I mean, it was um, we had a video where, you know, there was like a couple of mouthfuls of food left on the plate and we put it in, in the bin on the video. We were like, hey, instead of, you know, keeping it, let's just like, you know, put it in the bin as soon as you finish it. You don't just keep eating oh, yeah. like 10 minutes afterwards. And the amount of hate we got on that for throwing away food. People like, you should have done this, you should have done that. And um again sorry we're gonna have to use you here i'm sure somebody said to me there's more people now in the world dying from overeating than under eating mm. you know what i mean so that yeah. like that concept of like we should be in this like scarce mindset and that's a waste of food and i do get that of course like i'm not i'm not a big component of waste at all but if like you need to put certain strategies in place that stop you overeating for your health like that has to be taken into consideration yeah. too and not be seen as as a waste actually as a way of making you stay and be healthy yeah 
I have to say, having a dog does solve a lot of these moral <laughs> dilemmas. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe that's why all the dogs in America ended up on insulin. <laughs> <laughs> also yeah it depends what you've got on your plate probably shouldn't be fed to the dog in some of these situations yeah yeah (laughs) i mean you're not meant to give dogs chocolate at all are you no yeah don't give your dog any leftover chocolate like let's just make that really clear yeah or sweets or grapes i don't know anything grapes are poisonous to dogs yeah oh wow yeah um even the candy floss ones even those and like my toddler likes to try and give all of his food to the dog and he freaking loves raisins and i'm like no don't give that to the dog why is that bad too they're grapes. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Thank you. Keep learning stuff every day. <laughs> a little dried out, shriveled up grapes. Did not know that. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense now. Yeah. What have we got there, Sai? Um, uh, well, Bear my chase every four hours. Overweight and starvation. Is it true? Yeah, overweight and obesity is linked to more deaths worldwide than underweight, and that's from the World Health Organization. From the horse's mouth, that is a bigger issue. Yeah, so you know, I think if you've got if 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 food isn't scarce for you, and you know you're you can go to the shops and quite easily buy food. If you've got an extra couple of you know bits of food left on your plate, and you it's better for you to throw that away than to just leave it there on the plate and then overeat an extra couple of hundred calories. Yeah, you know, that can be a great strategy. But again, same with the sheer volume i mean halloween's even bigger in the us than it is in the uk like a lot bigger and i just think having like three shopping bags of candy as our american friends will say yeah <laughs> or chocolate and sweets in the house it's just it's just a lot of temptation yeah you know I mean? and to go back to what you said about the kids being like oh well, what have you done with my candy actually if you're trying to make these healthy changes for yourself you want to make them for your kids. So. Yeah. Yeah. You're also doing it for the right reasons for them yeah. and teaching them moderation, teaching them you don't need to have all of that is a good thing that you're doing for them. Yeah. And it could, I mean, I'm not a parent yet or if I can ever have kids, but you know, I always get a lot of pushback when I say certain stuff like this, which is like they're going, but like my kids make me do this. And it's like, your kids don't make you do anything. Like you're the adult in the house. You're the boss. You're the one that's in control. And and again, something like as important as like what they eat and their health, like that is your responsibility. So yeah, again, enjoy the season, enjoy the day, enjoy even a day or two afterwards. But like then, you know, there's a point where you and your kids don't need to be consuming extra 150 grams of sugar from all the, yeah. <laughs> all the candy and treats that are in the house after it. Yeah. And in terms of enjoying it, one of the like great little nuggets of wisdom from our beautiful coach Brooke is the like it, leave it, this love really it, have it. Yeah. So I'm going to say it again because when she first said it to me, I was like, say what? But if you like something, you just like it, it's okay, just leave it. Yeah. If you absolutely love it, have it and enjoy it and eat it slow and savor the moment. Um, and you'll probably find if you look at that bag full of candy and you go through each of the different types of candy, you probably just like most yeah. of them. There might be one or two that are your favorite. Okay, keep those ones. But the other ones, you're really not going to miss. Yeah. I, I mean, I always think about this when it's Christmas and you get a box of celebrations and you just... Do they have those in America? No, they don't. It's like a, just a box of really random flavored mixed chocolates, like strawberry cream. And Mars Bar and stickers and there's like a little Maltese one. And Oh, yeah. Those are those ones. Yeah. yeah. And then there's a bounty. I think they've actually taken the bounty out now because everyone, <laughs> no one liked it. But like you that, can buy a whole separate box just to bounties now. I saw it. Oh, right. Day. Yeah. But that would be one of the things. Like I'd eat, I don't even like a bounty, but in them, I would just eat the bounty. Because... Do you know what I would do? I'd eat all the whole box until there was only bounties and then I'd begrudgingly eat the bounty. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but again like that's that concept of like you don't even like that it's just <laughs> no. there and you just eat it because it's just there and i think that's yeah. again you know if you kind of if you like it leave it and if you love it yeah keep them in and savor it and and you know factor them into the next like week or two yeah, but it's an easy way to just kind of get rid of probably like 80 90 percent of the, the chocolate and sweets yeah in the house. really good tip um one of the other good tips that i wanted to cover off as well is this whole like i need sugar thing is often psychological um mm. and especially if you're tired if you're stressed if you've got like emotional stuff going on that sugar serves a purpose um and it can be the things that you crave like you don't think oh i'm really stressed out i just want to have like a nice solid meal of quinoa and salmon <laughs> only you'd probably eat that as well those days <laughs> <laughs> you um, want like a chocolate croissant and a coffee right so I it's, think it's I... because if we break it down when you're stressed if we go back to like being a caveman or woman you are stressed so your body says right we're gonna have to like fight something or run away from something mm -hmm. so we're gonna need some energy like go find some energy so your body is really trying to help you out if you're stressed by getting you fueled up ready to fight or run away your stress probably doesn't need you to fight or run away right now so the first thing is understanding that and that really helped me be like huh my body's asking for this because it thinks that's the problem but that's not actually the problem so i don't need to respond in that way um and the other thing is that your cortisol that spikes when you're stressed actually causes an imbalance in your blood sugar so it, it your blood sugar goes up to fuel you to run away and yep. then your insulin comes along and lowers it mm -hmm. and so you get cravings to replenish that sugar but if you know that that's what's going on you're in control like you don't have to go and have a chocolate bar you can go and have some quinoa and salmon <laughs> if you want yeah um and one of the other really good tips i wanted to share today was blasted which i know you give a really good explanation of yes so um a lot of they say about 20 percent of hunger nowadays is physiological so your genuine hunger you know your stomach's grumbling a little bit and 80% is psychological. So blasted is a, I'm pretty sure we come up with the sacrament because there was, what was the one? I mean, if you Google it, you can't find yeah, it. So. Yeah, so the one before this was, was Holt and we were like, this doesn't cover enough. Yeah, and Holt is everywhere. Yeah, Holt is everywhere, which is... Uh, Hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Yeah, so we went with blasted, which is, are you bored? Lonely, oh my God. Angry? Anxious, I think it is. <laughs> <laughs> bored, lonely, anxious stressed tired emotional distracted yes so they that was what made up you know fucking heck, i didn't do well there right uh that makes up our acrimony blasted which helps you understand is the reason that you're turning to food a psychological driver and for a lot, a lot of people it often is um and that can really be a great tool to use to start helping you problem solve like why you're turning to food or at least why you're turning to sugar because if we look at it most of the time the reason somebody wants to go and eat something really sweet for that energy boost is you maybe not having the best sleep or you know maybe you're really stressed and exercise or some other outlet could really help with that and that's why when you start living a more overall healthy lifestyle and you exercise on a regular basis and you're managing your stress better and you're getting better sleep you tend to find like oh i'm not craving these foods as much or i'm not craving this sugar as much or it could just be down to the fact that maybe you're not having like 50 grams of sugar for breakfast anymore you know because you're not having just like cereal with milk and added sugar and that's spiking your blood sugar and then you're crashing and then you kind of want to get another hit basically to level yourself back out so you know just by making starting to prioritize a healthier lifestyle and making smarter food choices you'd be surprised just how quickly some of these problems can sort of go away yeah and that means you don't feel like you're at the behest of the sugar demon yeah and you can be a bit more empowered in deciding like do i actually need to 
revert to sugar or is my body asking me for fuel or sleep or water? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so overall, we've talked a lot about like sugar. Is it good? Is it bad? It's not bad. It's not bad. But it's all in moderation. It's all in moderation. And it's learning to moderate what that looks like for you. Yeah. And so in general, the best thing you can look at is your labels, as always. Look at if there's added sugar in your foods. If there is, then just start to be aware. Like you don't have to cut it out completely. You don't have to go yeah. whole 30, but start to be aware of where those sugars are being added and drip fed into your diet so that you can start to recalibrate and get closer to more of an 80-20. Yeah. And then I think that's like one of the the real benefits of at least going through a phase or a season of tracking your food. Like it just raises your awareness so much of the foods that mm -hmm. you eat. Like you just become so much more aware of like labels and reading labels and understanding what's in food. And you always get so much pushback, like, oh, this is going to cause disordered eating. No, it's it's just a tool to educate you more about food that you can use. Uh, I haven't tracked food in forever now, but I'm just so in tune to food mm -hmm. as, a, as a whole. And it just allows me to make more informed decisions. So, yeah, I think tracking, you know, can really help. Even if you just wanted to be like, right, am I having too much sugar? I'm going to track everything I eat for the next two weeks. You, you'd start to be like, holy crap, that's got that much sugar in it. Yeah. Um, and can, again, just start to make more informed decisions. That's a really good point, actually, because if you don't track your food ever, it's easy to mindlessly consume just whatever you end up consuming and not just consciously think about what you're consuming. Yeah. So even if all you achieve by tracking it is starting to pay attention, mm -hmm. that can make a big difference. That can make a huge difference. Yeah. Yeah. So overall, enjoy your Halloween. Like it, leave it, love it, have it, and everything in moderation. Love it. If you enjoyed today's episode, then you should definitely check out episode 36, where we explore belly fat and the role that insulin resistance, stress, and hormones have to play in this tough area. So search the Body Smart Podcast on your chosen platform.